may be seated. Just take a moment and pray. Father, thank you that we have this time that's different than the rest of the week. It's a time set apart to honor you. It's a time that we come into your presence through song and praise. It's a time where we want to hear you, uh, Lord, in your word. Father, it's a time we get to come to the altar and receive who you are. Father, reveal yourself to us in all those ways today because, Lord, we want to be made different and changed as a result of being with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, continuing on the Matthew journey right now, and it's kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but we're in Matthew chapter 13. And last week I spoke about the parables and understanding that Jesus spoke in parables and that in 13, chapter 13, uh, there's eight different parables as Jesus is teaching, as, as uh, he's uh, continuing to reveal the kingdom of God and what that's about. And in Matthew chapter 13, we see the explanation of the parable of the tares. But before that, he was talking about the wheat and the tares. And he was there preaching and uh, uh, sharing this kingdom message with those around him. But before we get into the explanation, I think it's more important we understand the premise first. That we just back up a little bit and understand what's happening. Now, Jesus is teaching and preaching all around Capernaum, outside the Sea of Galilee in Israel. And that was where kind of the headquarters were of where he shared the gospel. And that is taking place. And he went from the crowd. And in the crowd are his 12 disciples, are followers who've... Uh, heard or seen or encountered uh, the ministry and the miraculous works that were taking place. And then there's religious leaders and those are waiting for him to trip up who want to disprove who he is. That's the crowd following him. At this point, Jesus is going to move that teaching over. It's going to go from when he comes to give the explanation from the Sea of Galilee back to what we would believe is Peter's house. Uh, as a central point of his ministry. So they're going to leave there, go back, and he's going to begin to explain this. So we've got to take a look back up a little bit of, of what it, Jesus was teaching in this parable. And in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30, he gave this parable, that they would understand this parable. And as Jesus is teaching them, he begins to reveal this. And he says, in another parable, he put forth before them saying this. It starts with this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. Mark says it this way in Mark 4.26. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Now for us, this verse really kind of forged us forward as a church to begin Understanding what Ready, Set, Grow would be about as a community of God, as a people of God. That the Lord kind of branded that in our hearts. It's this very verse that started that initiative. And, and Ready, Set, Grow for us is about being kingdom people who sow, gather, and reap. And what the Lord says is, I want you to get in to prepare a place for those who I'm going to send to you. And in the last two years, we've been doing a whole bunch of things to just be ready for that growth. And God's brought forth growth within our community and our church. And we're preparing all those things. And um, we had chairs that were 20 plus years old here. And we stepped forward and said, we're going to believe God's going to add chairs. And I'm going to buy extra chairs for those he's going to send. And then a pandemic comes. And I have all these chairs and no one to sit in them. Kind of disappointing. But knowing God said, continue to prepare a place for those that I'm going to send, and then continue to prepare a place beyond that. 
where, where we took an initiative uh, to reach those not just in the building but outside the four walls. And we started not just a Facebook Live, but we uh, improved our social media, that we have a campus that's live and has been streaming live, that in the past month that uh, those who are viewing our church has grown over 68% in the last 30 days, that people are watching, people are seeking, and God's kingdom is advancing. Kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground. And Jesus is teaching his disciples this, that, that as a body of Christ, as he taught them, he's teaching us that I'm going to use your time, your treasure, and your talents for the advancement of my kingdom here on earth. And that's what he's calling us to do. And it's imperative that we get that kingdom understanding in our own life, that we continue to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he wants us to do as his disciples. And Jesus is giving his disciples a kingdom understanding of what the parable of the wheat and the tares are. And he begins to explain that to them. And he begins to unfold that to them. And the wheat and the tares are simply this. It's the Christians rule the world with Christ living among the people of the world. That, that Christians were going to have this authority and rule after he goes. He, they're going to have this authority and rule with him in the world, that we, there was going to be this kingdom understanding, that we would have a, an understanding of his kingdom authority in this world for right now. So he explains it, and he begins to explain it by first talking about the sower. And he says, the sower of the good seed is the son of man. What we need to know is Jesus is that good seed. He's the sower as he's unfolding this parable. And if we backed up to that parable a little bit, it, Jesus said that the farmer went out to sow, and as he sowed, the enemy came in the middle of the night, and he went and sowed uh, weeds, basically, in the midst of the field. And Jesus said that he would leave it alone until the end would come. And what we know is Jesus will come back to judge the living and the dead, and that's just what we have to understand that that's going to take place, but in the interim, in the right now, let them grow together. Let, let that continue to happen, that there's a purpose. And the sower of that good seed is the Son of Man. Jesus is that good seed. And Jesus, at that time, and still continues today, he turned all of Israel, all the religious leaders, all those who were Gentiles that didn't believe with a kingdom message as he encountered them. He turned their hearts to that kingdom message. Nations turned to that kingdom message. People continue to turn to that kingdom message and are transformed as a result of who Jesus is, that good seed being sown into others' lives. What we know is every person responds differently to that message of the gospel. Everyone's going to have a different response. Everyone's going to respond differently to the invitation that Jesus makes for you to have with him in his life. And we discovered last week we were reading the parable of the sower, and there's four different types of soil that take place. And just a quick recap, see if you paid any attention last week. Everyone's like, oh, man, I wasn't paying attention. I didn't come to church to have a test stop, you know? Well, the first was the wayside. And I said, when the seed falls on the wayside, that's the thick-headed. Second was where, where, where the seed goes forth is this stony place. Those are those who are emotionally driven. And the third was where the thorns are, and that is basically those who are resistant. The fourth is that good soil that's turned over, the one who's going to be a disciple of Christ. And for some of us, we've responded in all of those ways. I know for me that just about an hour ago, I was thick-headed, resistant, that, that all those things were taking place. And Jesus said that it's going to be received differently, but that seed will be sown regardless. And he's that seed. Second is the field in the world. And that we would understand that the field is the world. 
that everything, that the God who caused creation, who gave life, who formed the galaxies, it's all his. It's all part of his kingdom. But the field is the world, and the purpose is to bring forth good fruit. Good fruit that will bring a harvest into the world. That this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to transpire as a disciple. There are going to be those who are going to be resistant to that truth. But that seed's going to go forth and it's going to bear fruit. It has a purpose in its life that it's going to call forth. And the kingdom's righteous citizens rule over the world. Say that's good news. That the Lord gives you dominion and authority to rule. And we sometimes act like cowards. We're walking around like, oh, I don't know what to do. But he's left this authority. He's given this dominion for us as Christians. That it's his world that he's calling to redemption. And we're part of that redemption story that he wants to use. To sow those good seeds of his kingdom into others' lives. That we're getting to participate in that very thing. And we're giving this authority. And as the church, we have to take that authority. As disciples, we have to walk in that authority that we're given. Because we want to be uh, one who's of, of his Kingdom, not one of the kingdoms of this world. And there is a clear separation. There is a divide. See, the good fruit is the visible church throughout the world loving and serving one another. That's what the good fruit looks like. That's what he said is going to happen. So throughout the world, they're going to have this battle. And there is a spiritual battle going on. Because what I can tell you right now is the enemy has a plan for your life. What I know for certain is the Lord's plan is a greater plan for your life. But his plan for your life is a kingdom plan. The enemy's plan for your life is a worldly plan. And what I can tell you is the enemy's plan doesn't end very well. But the kingdom's plan is eternal. And he has an eternal purpose in each of our lives. And we have to respond to that. There's a part that we play for that, with that. And he talks about this good seed. And the good seed is the children of the kingdom. You're part of that good seed. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, after the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, was poured out upon the disciples, that he said, I promise you, a power is coming that is greater than I, that you'll do these greater works in you than you could ever ask or imagine or dream. And a power will be poured out. And he ascends into heaven. And the gifts were poured out upon his people. All these different gifts that he'd given to his church. And those gifts are poured out to continue to sow the good seeds into others' lives. Again, that's why we started as a church, Ready, Set, and Grow. What that was about is about sowing and gathering and reaping that we have a purpose that Christ has for us right now, here, in this time. And then we're to continue to emulate that and what that means. In 2 Corinthians, it talks about this fruit. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. Now many... Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. A seed's very purpose is to bring forth life. That when you plant that in the ground, there's an expectation something's going to happen, right? We're not, we don't plant the seed and go, ah, we'll see. If that seed was going to give you sustenance for you to live on, you'd be over that seed, grow, grow, grow. Believe in that, but it has a purpose. Every seed, last week we gave seeds out uh, to those who were able to make it to church last week. And uh, the point was to take that seed and go do something with it. 
that it would remind us, and I'm not much of a, of a landscaper, farmer, or any, matter of fact, I detest all of that work. I, I, I don't do it with joy, I repent afterwards. And, and, but yet we took, and we got an egg cart, and we took all our different seeds, and, and we got good soil, and, and, and we put it in there, and we planted those seeds, and I want that to be a reminder of what the Lord is showing me, that, that the importance of that kingdom message going forth, the importance of planting that seed, that it, it, there's an effort involved, there's soil, soil to be tilled, there's watering, there's sunlight, there's all these things that take place that we would understand that that seed's purpose is to bring forth something just as in each of us has a purpose to bring forth something, that there's something greater in you that the Lord wants to do in your life, that there's a kingdom purpose in your life. And our job is to walk in that kingdom purpose, to be fruitful in that kingdom purpose, to bear fruit. See, the Lord places each of us with the gifts he's given us to reach those around us. That's the purpose. That you're given a God-given gift and his plan is to use that gift where he's placed us, to bring us to those places, to, to bring his message, that we bring those gifts and that we begin to reach those around us. And here's the incredible thing and part of the Lord's plan. See, there's people in your life, God's put you in the place where you live and to the stores where you go shopping or, or to the community or to the place that you work or whatever that is. And he's put people in your life for a purpose. And he's given you a gift to minister or reach the people in your life in a way that I can't reach them. Just in my life, that he's using my gifts to reach people who he puts in my path that you can't reach. But here's what I know. You could do a far greater work than I could ever do as we go to collectively together and reach those around us. Because there's a purpose to bring forth fruit, to sow that kingdom seed into another's life. We're reminded in Matthew 13, 24 again that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. See, the good seed is where the truth is preached, grace is planted, and souls are sanctified. That's what takes place. That's what's going to occur. That's what's supposed to happen. It's going to bring forth this life. Fourth thing, he says, the weeds are the children of the evil one. That we must know the difference between the good seed and the bad seed. That we have to understand that there's a difference going on and what's going to take place. That we have to identify that. See, where there's good seed, there's unity, there's prayer, there's love, and there's forgiveness. That's where the good seed is bringing forth fruit. And you'll, you'll see that in your own life or, or those around you. And you'll, you'll hopefully be drawn to those very things. You'll see that in the church, in the body of Christ, in the community. And then there's bad seed. And the bad seed is this. There's disunity. There's condemnation. There's indifference. And there's unforgiveness. That's the world. And, and if you're in that thing of unforgiveness, condemnation, you've got to get out of that thing and come into the kingdom way. Discover that love, that forgiveness, that mercy that God has. See, Satan always sows the counterfeit. It looks to be genuine, but it's not. He's going to sow the counterfeit. And the only power the enemy has in our lives is to deceive, delay, and destroy. That's the only power. And the only reason he has that power is because we gave it to him because we gave him that power, because we become deceived by things in the world. Then he delays the kingdom thing that the Lord wants to do. And then he destroys that very life. 
See, Satan, what he wants to do is destroy all those seeds that are sown in that soil. But he doesn't have that authority. We can't give him that authority. We have to identify what is authentic and real versus the counterfeit. So I was reading about shopping online and how that's growing exponentially in e-commerce and all those things. And there's a way that you can begin to check or recognize things that you're purchasing online, whether they're real or not real. And you probably want to do that, right? Because not everyone's honest that's online. That's just like everything you read online is not true. I hate to break that news to you, but it's not all truth. But everyone's got an opinion, I'll tell you that. And that we have to understand that the difference between authentic and counterfeit, and when you go to make a purchase and you go to buy something, and whether you're on Amazon or eBay or you use uh, Craigslist or one of those ways that you're looking to make a purchase, there's things that you need to do to identify if it's counterfeit or not. First is the price. And the reason you check the price, because if it's too cheap, it's probably not the real thing. Have you ever heard the saying, the deal's too good to be true? It's really not a good deal. That, that there's a, a difference. Or if there's a quality related to it, a poor quality, that immediately will tell you as you look at that, or, or, or the packaging that it's showing you pictures of. And finally, the seller, which would be the fourth part of the person who's actually selling that thing, whether it's authentic or not authentic. And now we can um, have forensic reviews on, on those who are sellers, and we can read all the different things. And for me, I become fanatical. I read everything. Before I make a purchase, it's, it's a two-hour process of going through everyone's review. Is this the right pro product? And I probably go overboard. My lovely wife, she does the opposite. She's like, that's a good deal. We should get that. <laughs> so they wanted a GoPro. And the whole reason they wanted a GoPro is to put it on our dogs to run around the house and really to see what they're doing when we're not home. You know, like they're hanging out, drinking coffee, or watching TV. <laughs> like, I don't know, but just the curiosity. So instead of getting the authentic, the GoPro, uh, there was a deal on one that's not the GoPro. And what I can tell you, the one that was the deal was not the GoPro, it was cheap, and it was not authentic, and it wouldn't do the job that we were expecting it to do. So what happens? You take that back, you send it back, and you get the one that you know to be the authentic one, the one to be genuine, the one that is what it said it was going to do, to be that very thing. And that's who Christ is. He's the authentic one. It's genuine. And the world will promise you that very thing that's not authentic. The world will promise you those things. And we'll, we'll fall for it if we don't know the difference between the two. And he calls us to know the difference between the two. See, the world right now is looking for what's authentic, what is real, and what I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt is that the kingdom of God is real and it's as real as it gets. And what I know for certain is the kingdom of God is alive and the kingdom of God is advancing. Each and every moment of each and every day. Whether we can see it right now in this second or not, what I can tell you is seeds are being planted. And you can't see it when it's below the soil, but God is doing a work below that soil in people's lives. For many of us, we participated in different ways regarding that soil, how it was planted. For many of us, we began to sow in someone's life, and you hit rock immediately as you began to dig in that soil. Or whatever the case might be, but we don't stop sowing. We continue to sow that kingdom message into others' lives. Disciples of Christ sow the seed of Christ into those that we encounter, into others' lives. And Jesus said to his disciples, this is what you're going to do. That you're going to go throughout the world, and this is what's going to happen. And I can tell you the billion, billions of Christians 
who are transformed as a result of 11 faithful men and those who began to follow after that by sowing one seed at a time. And we're all called to participate in that as disciples. We're all called to be part of his kingdom with a kingdom purpose. Now, there's four ways that you could sow a seed right now into someone's life. I'm going to give you, it's never been easier than this moment. In the middle of a pandemic, I can give you the easiest ways that you can begin to sow a seed of God's kingdom into others' lives. First thing you need to do is pray and ask the Lord for your life what's next. Ask him. No matter what you're dreaming or imagining of the things in this world, God's kingdom plan for your life exceeds that abundantly. So what you want to do is ask him, Lord, what's the next in my life? How do you want to use me for your kingdom purpose right now? What do you want me to do? Ask him that. He'll reveal it and he'll show it to you. And he'll show you how you'll participate in his kingdom. Then after you've done that, here, invite someone to come to church with you or invite them to our online campus if they can't come to church. It's never been easier. Let me see. Forward. Done. Did it. I'm advancing the kingdom. I forwarded something. Or get involved with, you see social media happening around the church or things being shared that we can now sow a seed into someone else's life by sharing something, a word of encouragement of whatever that is. It's never been easier to engage those around us through those, those mechanisms, through those ways. Fourth is join a communities in Christ. And our communities in Christ is our small group where they meet throughout. And right now they're uh, mostly virtual and they have meetings and groups in different zip codes that you can get involved with so you can connect and learn to love and serve and grow together and what God wants you to do in the midst of that, and that's how you'll learn to advance the kingdom. You could join that by using our app or going online, but, but what I want you to know is that to sow, be part of a sowing the kingdom of God into others' lives, you've got to be part of that kingdom, and you've got to be in those relationships. And the Lord's calling each of us to participate in that way. He's calling each of you uh, to participate in the unique gifts that he's given you, because he wants to continue to see his kingdom advanced in each of our lives. What we have to do is just ask. And Lord, how can you use me to continue to advance your kingdom for your kingdom purposes that you have for me? And what I promise you is he'll show you how to advance it. And what we'll see is his kingdom rule on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you've sown that good seed into our lives. And Lord, we don't have to worry about the deception, Lord, of the enemy or, or, or those things that will try to Keep us from, Lord, uh, that very plan that you have. But, Father, you're advancing right now, even in this moment, in all our hearts and minds. So, Lord, meet us right now in that moment and speak, I pray. Use us, I pray. Now, all of us have to respond to that gospel message. For that seed to be sown in your life, who Christ is, you've got to allow him into your life. But you can very much reject him as well. And that's a choice. But what I could do, tell you is that he loves you so much that he gave his life for you. And that by his grace, he offers an eternal life. And all we have to do is receive that gift, turn from our way of life, and walk in that new life that he offers. The enemy doesn't offer you, or the world doesn't offer you what he offers you. An eternal life in the perfect love of God. And he makes an invitation, we have to respond. And if you're here right now and you haven't asked him in your life that way, and he's moving on your heart, or you're watching online right now and you're streaming and you haven't asked him in your life that way, he's moving your heart, I want to pray with you right now. 
So I just want you to repeat what after me and just close your eyes and just ask the Lord if you need to know him in that way and his spirit will move in your life that way. Just repeat after me and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. It's in your name I pray. Amen. All of heaven rejoices as we pray. And if you prayed that, you let me know. Let one of the clergy up here know. You can let an usher know. And we're going to help you on that journey. If you just prayed with me online, click that button and say, I just prayed that. And what we want to do is come alongside of you and help you be the disciple that Christ is calling you to be. Amen? Peace of the Lord be with you. Acknowledge one another with the sign of God's peace.